Welcome to Financial Flight Academy with John Schutz and Brent Connolly from Soar Wealth Strategies. In this podcast, we inspire families and business owners to build a foundation for their financial future. We do this by listening and building trust with our clients. Join us for this journey where we explore ways to protect your nest and live out your dreams as John and Brent draw from years of experience and guest experts to help you take that leap of faith. Well, welcome to Financial Flight Academy. Uh, Brent Connolly is my co-host. I'm John Schutz. And Brent, we are going to have to get some new flight suits for this one today. Absolutely. Yes, we are uh, in for a ride here. Yes. So uh, Financial Flight Academy, we like to tell stories of people who have created their own success and uh, taken that leap. And this one definitely qualifies. I don't know how you're going to keep them down on the farm, Brent. You can't keep them down on the farm. Today's guest is uh, certainly a story of inspiration, uh, a wonderful story from small town Nebraska, growing up and becoming one of the elite haberdashers here in the Omaha area. Gotta love a good haberdasher. (laughs) Today's guest is no other than Ingrid Geisman. Thank you for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me. We appreciate it. Yeah, Ingrid is with Tom James, and uh, she is the clothier to the stars. Of this podcast. Yes, right. Uh, so, <laughs> so we do appreciate you being here today, Ingrid. Your story is, I find it fascinating because you grew up on a farm, right? Small town. I tell, did. tell us a little bit about growing up where you, where you grew up. <laughs> yeah, no, I grew up in Northeast Nebraska. So about an hour and a half from Omaha. And I was born and raised on a cattle, a beef cattle and um, hog producing farm. And, um, also my, um, parents wrote, um, grew corn and beans as well. And, and, uh, you would, you had sisters, right? Is that correct? No brothers, no brothers. Yep. (laughs) So an older sister and a younger sister. So that meant we were, you know, the farm hands. Mm -hmm. Um, we didn't really have a choice in that situation. (laughs) So you farm kids do no, no, but, um, very thankful for growing up on a family farm. You learn a lot and, um, you do get a lot of quality time together, maybe not always (laughs) doing what you want to do, but, um, it, I am very, um, appreciative to my parents. They have instilled in me a really great work ethic that has followed me. And even though I didn't enjoy, you know, pushing hog manure in fourth grade (laughs) on a Saturday morning. That was going to be one of my questions. What was your favorite job that you got to do? Yeah, not that one. So, but I do know there was, um, there was a lesson, uh, that I learned from all that. So, so including the shoveling of manure, give us a typical day on the, uh, the farmstead. Yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously summers and weekends were different, um, because I did get to go to school, you know, during the school year and avoid some of the work, but you know, if, if it was a Saturday, we woke up early and, um, we had chores that dad had designated for us. And a lot of it was, you know, tending to the livestock and maybe helping him with, you know, if something needed, um, worked on, on a tractor or piece of machinery, we would hold the tools or run and get the tools. Um, we just kind of did whatever he needed us to do. So John, if we have some maintenance issues around here, that's right. Exactly. Could, Ingrid could fix up yeah. the tractor if we had one. Uh, yeah, I might be busy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a fascinating contrast of where you came from to being, you know, uh, clothing, uh, expert you'd have to be because you help clothe me exactly. and i am not the easiest person 
full-time job. I fully understand that. So, (laughs) but, but how did all that growing up that way, working hard, my, you know, my wife grew up on a farm, so it is a lot of hard work. And fortunately I never learned about that being a big city kid in North Bend, Nebraska. Uh, But uh, (laughs) how did that influence your views of money and work growing up in that situation? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, we, we were taught at a very young age, um, that work did provide money because we, we were given labor checks. So it's not like we worked for free. Um, so, um, they taught us, you know, that you go out and you do this job and you, you know, you put money into your checking account. And it was really interesting. We, even in high school, like we were taught probably starting in high school, like we paid our own lunch accounts. And, really? Uh, yeah. And, um, I, I guess I get it now that they were teaching us how to manage money, um, in a roundabout way, but yeah, I mean, it was just, you know, when you, when you are out there and you're working so hard and, you know, it's, your time is valuable. So, right. um, so yeah, I mean, I guess looking back, I've, I've never really analyzed it that way, but it, there was definitely a lot of, you know, financial lessons in that. And we, you know, I did a lot of walking beans and I would recruit my friends. That a girl. I was a bean walker see, too. See, you know how to work see, a little bit. Well, yeah, we could whack Brent with a corn knife yeah, here. And... I knew the corn knife was going <laughs> to come back from a previous episode we had. Hey, you know, and, until you use, learn how to use a corn knife properly, right? you're not going to touch Absolutely. it. Well, yeah. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, to make things, sure those things are sharp too. <laughs> <laughs> Makes for a long day if it's not. Surrounded by farmers. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> Um, so yeah, like that was cool where I got to recruit my friends to come be on the bean walking crew. And, you know, we would actually keep track when I say we, my older sister and I would keep track of the hours they worked too. And we kind of ran the books, Mm. even if it was just on a scratch piece of notebook paper, but, you know, and then we would turn in their hours and dad or mom would write them checks at Mm. the end of the week too. So, um, so yeah, there were definitely some, some lessons that way for sure. Early QuickBooks. Yeah, learning how to run a business <laughs> right. uh, in high school. Mm-hmm. I mean, so was it? Did you start in high school with the bean walking, or oh, was it earlier than that? Junior high, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, right? I don't think I was a crew leader till high school because my older sister was the crew leader until oh, then. There you go. That's, she that's... left for college. I had to fill some shoes. You know, <laughs> good way to get training. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. So okay, so uh, yeah, since you you just segmented greatly into that, but let's talk about college. So University of Nebraska, yep. Husker. Okay. Yep. So what were your aspirations, you know, coming from small town with farming background to go to Lincoln and do? Yeah, I mean, I um, honestly went to the University of Nebraska because my older sister, Yvette, went to the University of Nebraska. And I was an advertising major because she was an advertising (laughs) major and just always kind of looked up to her and followed in her footsteps, um, which led me to my next job, which was um, working as a a summer job with the Southwestern Advantage Company. And um, it's kind what, of now, a, what is that? What does Southwestern Advantage Company do? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, kind of a crazy summer job where um, you would go to a sales training in Nashville, Tennessee. You would take a week, and it was like a pep rally and a finals week all together. And you would learn <laughs> to sell their product, which was a, a book, like a volume of books that would help parents when their kids had questions on homework and also some CDs um, for the computer back in, you know, the 
late 1990s. A CD? What is this? Yes. I'm not. Yeah. I'm too young yeah, to explain that to CD. Explain that to John and what CD is. So it was books and CDs, but then we would actually relocate, and we would relocate from the Midwest to the East Coast. So for five summers, I was in um, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, New York, and um, learned how to run a business, knocking on doors, 80 hours a week, um, straight commission. And, um, wow. our goal was to, um, knock on 30 doors a day. And if we knocked on 30 doors a day, we would get two yeses Yeah, mm -hmm. and uh, make an average of about $7,000 in the summer. Okay. So, and I didn't have any sales experience and honestly, I was really scared to do this, but because my older sister did it, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. But as a dad mm -hmm. of a daughter mm -hmm. and, and someone who actually knocked on doors himself, but was there some concern on the part of the family that uh, you're, you're going to do what? Well, Yvette did it first. Right. So I think they were she a little, plays the trail. yeah, I think they were maybe a little concerned when she came home with it. Oldest one's a test child, but That's... you know, yeah. So I, but also I think our parents knew they raised us with pretty good heads on our shoulders. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think there's safety is something all parents are always scared about sure. doing, but there was a track record with this company that people had done it summer after summer after summer. And, so, um, so yeah, I, I didn't know how to sell, but I did know how to work. So what I made a decision to do was I was going to knock on more doors than anyone else knocked on. And I was going to have a really good attitude. And, um, so I ended up probably averaging 40 or 45 door knocks a day. Very good. And I ended up making, um, $20,000 my first summer really in 12 weeks selling wow. books door to door. That is amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. It was hard work though. I would think. Now, mm -hmm. did you have to lug a bunch of books with you no. or was it? Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. You took orders all summer long and then there was a delivery. I was going to say, you may have gotten very strong that summer as right. well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, no. I mean, it's like living on peanut butter and jellies and all of that because you wanted to have low expenses. Where did you live? Where Where would you we live? We lived with host families. Really? That we would like kind of arrange, hey, we'll pay you 20 bucks a week to stay here because we really, we had two other roommates. We were only there because I would knock on doors from 7.59 till sometimes 10 p.m. So it was really just a place to keep our stuff and sleep and do our books at the end of the day. But there was no background checks on these places no. or no. so. <laughs> Great. Story gets better. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm feeling real comfortable with that if I'm your father. Okay, good. Yes. <laughs> so, so then, uh, you're selling the books door to door that you find that very successful. So did that change your thought process that, Hey, maybe sales is the direction I want to. Oh yeah. I mean, after career. my first summer, I knew right away, like I wanted to be in sales because I just, I just loved the yeses. I loved the no's. I loved the whole prospecting, the whole cycle of selling. I just really mm -hmm. kind of fell in love with sales. Um, so that was a very defining moment for me. So when I went back to school, I knew, okay, let's, focus on the advertising sales realm with my advertising major. And it gave me some direction. Yeah. But what a, it's just a great lesson for, I think, parents now that, uh, you know, you learn so much about budgeting mm -hmm. and those are things that with what we do here at Soar Wealth Strategies, uh, that's one of the first things we want people to get nailed down. What is that budget actually? Because Brent, you and I both know that a lot of times when we're working through a retirement plan or just planning in general for whatever goal it is, a lot of times people really don't have a good grasp on what that spending 
amount really is. They really don't. And and it's so easy today to lose track of your monthly expenses as everything's set up on auto pay. And sometimes there's, you know, these prescriptions that you subscribe to that you forget about guilty. Right. And you have to kind of take a look at that budget, what's coming in, what's going out. So you were literally trying to save as much money as you can, inexpensive housing, working all day long, oh peanut God. butter and jelly. Yep. Working for a big check so that we could go home, go back and have just a really great year of college, you know, right. where we could put money towards school and travel. And, you know, we had pretty good lifestyles, my right. friends and I that sold books and did well in college. So, so tell me about a time where there might have been a, a unique story, maybe that you remember as you were going door to door that happened to you or possibly, you know, one of your other uh, colleagues. Well, I mean, there, there's lots of great stories and, you know, that was, <laughs> geez, 20 plus years ago. So my memory's not what it used to be, but, um, you know, you met great families and you met, um, people that just kind of opened their door to you and shared their story and, and, um, all sorts of things. I don't think I ever met anyone famous, but, um, my roommate, probably the thing that sticks into my head the most is the story about one of my roommates, my last summer. And some people drove doing this job and some people didn't have a car in college. So they would, um, bike. And, um, my good friend, Holly was a biker. And, um, at the end of the day, I went to pick her up. So I, you know, I would drop her off in the morning after breakfast and at a designated spot. And she would kind of work in that territory for the day. And I went to pick her up and, and she was like, yeah, I had a really bad day. And I'm like, okay, well, what happened? And she goes, well, I got sprayed by a skunk. And I'm like, oh no. Not my car. (laughs) Yeah. Well, she was all cleaned up by then. So, um, but yeah, she had to do the whole tomato bath thing and, um, she was such a good sport about it. And, you know, that was just, what what we like to teach on the book field was that life is not a cakewalk and there's so many um, challenges that life brings up. And, you know, that was a challenge that she had to figure out. And, you know, she maybe didn't get paid for that challenge, but she got paid personally to figure out how to, you know, go around and through and all different things to, to get to what she needs to do in day in her days. Okay. So how did you end up getting back to Nebraska after, after school and, and, and working at Southwest and, um, oh, after my years in the book field. Correct. Yeah. 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 So, you know, after I was done with my fifth summer, um, at that point in, in that summer job is when I met my husband and, um, he was kind of based in San Diego. I was based in Lawrence, Kansas. And, you know, we kind of made that decision. If we were going to see if this is going to work, we need to move in the same city. And he was like, well, I'm going to move to Chicago. And I was 23 years old. And I'm like, I can move to Chicago. Like I can drive there from Nebraska and, you know, I, I can be big city girl. So, um, (laughs) that's, that's how I landed in, in the suburbs of Chicago in, um, you know, December of Oh three. Okay. And, um, and then it was a few years, few years later, I ended up back here in Omaha. So, which has led to this incredible career with Tom James. And when we resume, we're going to talk about how Ingrid Geisman got to be a million dollar a year producer with Tom James. Excuse me. Yeah, you. Thanks so much for listening to Financial Flight Academy. We hope you're enjoying it so far. If you have any questions or would like to talk more about this topic, you can find us at soarwealthstrategies.com. 
and all of our social media platforms are listed in the show notes. We're back with Ingrid Geisman, uh, Haberdasher. Can you spell Haberdasher, by the way? I mean, yeah, um, F or H A B. It does not start with an F, but uh, welcome to the University of Nebraska. Anyway, so uh, no, but Tom James, give us uh, Tom James is a. I love what you do it because I, Ingrid, as you know, hate shopping for clothes, mm-hmm. hate it. Um, and my wife consequently does not like going with me. Uh, and I have no taste. And this is where you come in <laughs> because. <laughs> but I love shopping for right. clothes. To- two totally different right? type of clients. And, but I also love your style and the way that you bring out, you know, the best in people and their creative side, mm-hmm. which yeah. by the way, I love your jacket well, today. Thank you. Yes. It's pink Looks and fantastic. blue. I love it. <laughs> as always. Yeah. But so Tom James, tell a little bit about Tom James. It's company's been around for a long time yeah. and the quality is what really sticks out. Yeah. We were founded in 1966 and um, founder by founded by the same guy that owned the book company I worked for in college. <laughs> really? So, you know, everything's kind of tied together in my life. So, um, but yeah, we are a company that we go out and we serve our clients in the comfort of their office in their home and just make shopping really simple. So literally, I'm basically a clothing store on wheels. I help my clients with everything from their business suits and jackets and slacks all the way down to jeans and pullovers like you guys have on today, um, even to shoes. And um, I am wearing a totally uh, Ingrid-inspired outfit. Yes. We'll do a photo shoot after. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Um, And we even, we, we help with women too. So it's men and women in 2020, we did a a huge revamp in our business and um, our women's business is just growing, growing like crazy. So super fun. Yeah. And and it's, uh, I just like the fact that you listen to me and say, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, Brent's will take a few more chances with his clothing than I will. Uh, Well, I'm boring. Let's just face it. I was born 40. So <laughs> at this stage of the game, you know, <laughs> but that's what we love about your approach is that you're not going to press somebody for something that they don't feel comfortable wearing. Correct. Yeah. I was just with a, a CEO in Lincoln and I was really like, I really like this jacket for you. It was, you know, plaid with a little pink in it and blue. And he's just like, Ingrid, I just like solid. And I'm like, okay, well, you win. You know, I'm going to at least let you, I'm going to at least push a little bit for you to get out of your comfort zone. But at at the end of the day, I don't want, I want people to like what's in their closet. And if it's blue solid all day long, then that's fine. So, so tell me a little bit about kind of how your career started at Tom James. I think you mentioned once a lot, long time ago, you were, you were a bit of a slow starter. I was. Yeah. So, you know, as somebody who had probably pretty good track record of success, um, throughout different things she tried in high school and college. And, um, I'd say Tom James was the first time that I was like, Whoa, this has taken me a hot minute to kind of get acclimated here. So, Um, but yeah, like I, it was a different animal for me. I was used to talking to moms that were at home with their kids during the day, you know, in the early two thousands to calling on, you know, CEOs and business owners. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it was just took me a little bit to kind of get comfortable with that and understand my audience probably a little bit better, but yeah, I had a very average start. I was, I was considered like a top first year back in 2003, but what they're selling today compared to what I sold was, (laughs) way different. So, but it took me about um, four years to kind of get to the level of 
almost hitting what we call our president's club level, which is selling about, uh, you know, $400,000 of clothing in, in 12 months. And then at that point, um, my husband at the time and I decided to move from Illinois to Nebraska. So I started over (laughs) and I had a six month old. So I started over working three days a week (laughs) and, you know, you just kind of were able to do what you could do in the day. Mm -hmm. So it took me um, another four years to get to the point of hitting president's club. And then I just kind of maintained because I had Ephraim come along and being a mom was very important to me. I wanted Mm -hmm. to have that mom work balance, but you know, I wanted to be home with my kids more than I was at work. So that says a lot about Tom James, that they were willing to work with you and your schedule Mm -hmm. and they understand that family, you know, comes first. Yeah. We were very progressive as a company that Um, You know, when I was hired in the business, the lady that hired me was working three days a week in 2003. And that, that wasn't something that you saw a lot. So um, very, and and that really bought me into working for Tom James and staying with Tom James for 20 years. So yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. So tell us about your business now. Put, put this in terms for us that we can understand a million dollars in clothing in a year. Yeah. Sounds like a lot to me. Yeah. I would say, I would say that's a, a little bit. So, so yeah, I mean, um, as, as life does happen, you know, um, a few years ago, I, um, was at a crossroads in my life and, um, ended up going through a divorce and, you know, um, your, when you have those hard things that happen in your life, your priorities change a little bit. And, you know, I, I lost a really good second income. Um, I like to say with my divorce. So I had to really kind of pull up my big girl pants and, you know, see what I could do at my current career, because honestly, I didn't really want to lose that lifestyle that Mm -hmm. I had grown accustomed to. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that was 2019 and and we all know what happened in, in 2020. Right. Where most of um, the company was down, um, I actually ended up growing my business like 30 or 40 percent in 2020. Wow. wow. And and some yeah. of that was just like when you go through hard things, it's like, well, just bring it, you know, whatever. Bring it, bring it on. People aren't wearing clothes anymore. I'll still figure out a way. Right. So <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, pull out the corn knife and let's get That's, some shirts yeah, ex- sold. Well, I'm telling exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I know that all does tie back to my my childhood of just knowing and believing I I can accomplish what I need to accomplish. So anyway, and then, yeah, just steady growth in 2022, um, sorry, 2021 and 2022. And um, last year, I just in December finished my best year ever, um, 20 years with Tom James at um, selling a million dollars of clothing. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Super fun. In, In 12 months. Yes. Yes. Yeah. When now you got to start over now, now I'm starting over, (laughs) right? New year, new quota. I'm guessing she's got her swatches over there for me, but uh, (laughs) she did bring in a large bag there. Well, I tell you the, the, the problem for you, Ingrid, is the quality of the clothing is so good. A guy like me can just wear the same stuff for years and years. I don't care about it going out of style, but I probably should, right? You should. Okay. Thank you. I knew she would (laughs) say that somehow or another, but tell us a little bit about some of the services that you offer as a Tom James representative. Yeah. So, you know, I was with somebody this morning in um, Lincoln and I actually helped him clean through his closet. So, um, and that's something that I offer to my clients. I don't charge them anything for that, but there was literally some things in his closet um, that he wore in college and he's older than me. So um, (laughs) I just said in a very nice way, uh, this looks tired and a little, you know, tinted in color. So I think this one needs to go. 
this is the part where I incriminate myself now I'm having <laughs> some clothes from college. So we need to schedule an appointment. We do. But I think you're younger than me. So you got a t-shirts don't count. <laughs> so yeah, I'll, I'll help people um go through their closet and, you know, sometimes you just need that help where somebody's just really honest with you. Like I need somebody to do that to me too. Like, Hey, I just, I just don't love that. I mean, I don't think that's the best color for you. I, it's just out of style, you know? So a lot of men don't realize that how much jackets have changed, you know, lapel width used to be a lot thicker 20 years ago and it was three buttons and it was pleated pants and, and, you know, that stuff is just not current anymore. And it, it doesn't mean you have to be like high fashion, but you want your clothing to be current. So, you know, that's something I think my clients find very valuable. Um, we do help with alterations. So, um, most of the clothing that clients get from us, they're included in the first purchase. But after a while, um, I have found that clients' shapes change, sometimes for the better, <laughs> sometimes for the worse. So, yeah, I, I, I've noticed that too about myself. Yes, unfortunately. So, you know, we, I work with very busy people. They don't have the time to run to a tailor shop, but they can call me and say, hey, my zipper needs fixed or my button fell off or whatever. And then, yeah, just really planning with them and understanding what they have coming up in their year ahead. If they have some speaking engagements, if they have an awards trip or, you know, a wedding a gala, just whatever. And I can help give them ideas and try to stay ahead of their wardrobe because nothing's worse than having an event on Saturday and going to the mall on Friday. Where, where did this passion for, so if we backtrack here, where did this passion for fashion come in when you're, you grow up in Creston on a farm, scooping poop mm -hmm. <laughs> and, you know, uh, were there uh, formal overalls in Creston? I don't know. Was, <laughs> is, uh... <laughs> no, um, you know, I'm not quite sure. I just know that I always did enjoy looking nice. I think some of that is when you do wear overalls and you've got you know, animal poop on a, you do want to like look decent when you go into public. So right. I always enjoyed, like, I remember going to Norfolk on the weekends with my mom and I would always enjoy going and looking at like back in that day, it was the buckle and, you know, it was, um, um, her burgers, which yeah. is like Yonkers. Right. And, you know, I just liked looking at the clothing and, um, because I was making my own money, I was able to have some things that were a little bit more name brand too, because my parents gave me the ability to spend my own money on that. So anyway, um, somehow I did a, did end up being voted the best dressed in my high school class. There it is. And how large was that class? 1998. Yeah. Um, I had 22. Oh, very nice. There it is. Friends in my class. So it was, you know, probably really hard to. You had 22 friends that. in your class. Yes. There were 60 in the class, but she had to. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I have, I have a question. Uh, what advice would you give regarding, you know, single parents out there? How to balance, you know, work, life, family? Uh, give us some yeah. advice on that. Yeah. I mean, um, anyone who, who is raising children, you know, on their own, that's, that's a different animal. And I am blessed to have a really great co-parent. So it's not all on my shoulders, but, but still it's just, it's different than it used to be. And, um, I find it just, you kind of have to prioritize, um, what's important to you and what, what my kids need. I plug all that stuff into my calendar, 
before I start the week, even before I start the month, because mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're 16 and 13, they're growing up fast. Like I don't want to miss their things. Right. Sure. And then I schedule my work for the most part around them. Um, that doesn't always happen a hundred percent of the time, but, but it, you know, it's just one of those things. And then it's just being, you know, organized with, you know, other things that they need. And, you know, I think for the stage of the game I'm in with my kids, it's more the emotional needs they need, right? Mm -hmm. They don't, they can get ready in the morning by themselves and, you know, my daughter drives, but emotionally they, they need mom and dad. So, and your business has grown. You have a team around you. I do. Yes. I have a, have a gal and I have a couple assistants that, that help me business wise, but yeah, I, I think I've learned, I have to ask for help. You know, like <laughs> that's hard, isn't it? It, it is hard, yeah. but there are these the great resources. So for me, it's adding a second assistant. She's been awesome where she helps me drop off clothing. She helps me book appointments. Um, but there's even, I, I lean on my assistants for some personal things too. So like if I need something picked up and there, there's so many great resources out there for single parents and, you know, married couples too, but like one that comes to mind is that zeal. It's a a personal assistance type company based here in Omaha and they they'll come in and help you with different things. So I just think gone are the days that we put the weight of the world on our shoulders and say, I can do it all. And now (laughs) it's like, how can I have somebody help me lighten the load so I can focus on my priorities? Sure. I'm also really good at saying no. I think that years ago I wasn't as good at saying no, but like if it's not serving what is most important in my life right now, I just have to say no. Right. Right. So, right. We, we appreciate you saying yes to this podcast. Yeah. Yes. Unbelievable. And sadly, we are running out of time. So Ingrid, how I, I can't tell you how uh, grateful I am for what you do for me uh, with the clothing, because uh, I actually end up looking halfway decent, which is no, he does. Small, no yeah. small chore there, but no, uh, you do a fantastic job. So how would people get a hold of you if uh, they would like your services. Yeah. Yeah. I am accepting new clients. So um, you can um, call or text me. My number is 402-238-4205. Feel free to follow me at Ingrid in fashion. You can find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. I'm pretty easy to find. Yeah. And we'll, we'll have some uh, links in the podcast notes here too. So I just can't tell you your, your story is very inspiring uh, you know, you mentioned your divorce. It can be one of the most devastating things financially, let alone all the personal things that people go through. And so those are all things that we talk to folks about, help them get through here at Sorwell Strategies. And if you need things like budgeting, uh, just contact us. We can send you a budget worksheet. Uh, those are all things. So you just go to our website, sorwellstrategies.com, send a note there. Penny and Karen will take care of you uh, if there's something you would like to uh, get from us. Again, thank you very much for joining us, Ingrid. We love your story and we love the fact that you make us look good. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Thanks for, thank you. Thank you again for joining us and we'll see you next time on Financial Flight Academy. Thank you for listening to the Financial Flight Academy podcast. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at soarwealthstrategies.com. 
or give us a call at 531-867-3400. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Soar Wealth Strategies. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Securities and advisory services offered through Commonwealth Financial Network. Member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor.